Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Hey, I'm so excited though. Today, we got a message and I'm and I think it's going to encourage you today. And I think everybody in here can find some encouragement today. And I'm excited to bring it to you today. The, me- the title of the message is this, Houston, we have a problem. All right. How, has anyone ever said that before? Or you've heard that said before, right? Like, there's uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, Apollo 13. Come on, is Apollo 13 fans in the house? It's so good. Nobody? All right. It's a really good movie. If you haven't seen it, it's really great. Uh, but it's it's one of Tom Hanks' best movies, I think. And uh, it's about a, a group of astronauts that are trying to land on the moon. But uh, at one point, they're you know halfway to the moon, and NASA tells one of the astronauts, hey, stir the oxygen tanks. And so he hits the button, something goes wrong, and all of a sudden their little spaceship they're flying in starts to slowly fall apart, and they're in danger. Now they have all of NASA trying to solve this problem that they're facing in outer space, guys. Like, they're not even, like, reachable. You know what I mean? And uh, one of the, the moments in the movie that is great, it's where Tom Hanks, this happens, and he gets a hold of the intercom, and he's talking back to NASA, and he says, Houston, we have a problem. And whenever he says those words, all of a sudden, that's when NASA kicks it into gear. They're like, all right, you need our help, and we're going to help you fix this problem. We're going to help you solve this problem today. Well, today, we're going to look at a story in the Old Testament about a guy that had a problem. Who has some problems in here? Come on, raise your hand if you got a problem. If you don't raise your hand... What is your secret? All right, come on. I like, we all got problems. You know what I'm saying? Well, there's a guy in the Old Testament that had a problem, and it was a big problem. All right, so if you have our app, you can take notes. There's fill-in-the-blank notes in the app. If you're new, you can download our app, and uh, you can watch all the messages on there, do everything, but you can take notes today. Just search in the app store, oasistn.church, and uh, the notes will be at the bottom. It's one of the tabs there at the bottom. So uh, you can follow along there. You can follow on on the screen. If you brought, Who brought their old-school Bible today? Come on, anybody? I see my man right here. You brought your Bible. Come on now. It's bigger than my Bible is. I love it. If you got your old school Bible, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 1, all right? So uh, that's in the Old Testament if you, if you haven't used your, old, your big Bible in a while, all right? So, all right, here we go. It says this, the king of Aram, <coughs> excuse me, the king of Aram had a great uh, admiration for Naaman. Y'all say Naaman. The commander, Naaman was the commander of his army because through him, the Lord had given Aram great victory. So this dude, Naaman, who we're going to talk about today, he was the commander of a a nation's army and he was, uh, the the king loved him because not only was he a great like uh, military mind and he was very successful in the battles that they were fighting and all that, not only was he successful in the military terms, but he was also a man of great character, like the king could actually trust him and he could actually uh, depend on him to get things done. And so he was a great, great man. And this guy, he had it all. 
He had all the achievements. He had all of the, the accolades, the accomplishments. He had the money. Thank you, baby. Uh, he had everything in life that you could possibly want, and he was an important person. On the outside, you would think, you would hear the name Naaman and go, oh, that dude is awesome. But Naaman had a problem. Let's look at the rest of this verse. It says this. He had great victories, but though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he suffered from leprosy. Give me a sec. Here you go, babe. There's not flat surface up here. Thank you. He had leprosy. And leprosy was no joke. Does anyone in here have eczema? Did anyone grow up? I grew up with eczema. It was terrible. Uh, eczema is the worst, except leprosy is the worst. All right, so you think that you have like a rash or something that's, no, leprosy is terrible. As I was researching this message, I came across this in one of our commentaries that we use, and it says this, <clears throat> come on. Ancient leprosy began as small red spots on the skin. If you woke up with that today, you can, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Before too long, the spots get bigger and start to turn white with sort of a shiny or scaly appearance, scaly appearance. Pretty soon, the spots spread over the whole body, and then your hair begins to fall out, first from the head, then from the eyebrows. Can you imagine not having any eyebrows? You look weird, right? Uh, and then, as things get worse, fingernails and toenails become loose, and they start to rot and eventually fall off. Then the joints of the, anyone glad they came to church today. Uh, then the joints of fingers and toes begin to rot and they fall off piece by piece. And this is the worst part. Gums begin to shrink and they can't hold teeth anymore. So each of them is lost. Leprosy keeps eating away at your face until the nose and the palate and the eyes eventually rot and fall out. The victim begins to waste away until they die. I have a picture. I'm joking, I don't have a picture. <laughs> but you can imagine this problem that he has. Naaman's got leprosy. Leprosy's no, no joke, all right? I don't know where he was on the spectrum of uh, the, prog uh, the progression of, of the leprosy. I don't know how bad he had it. Uh, but evidently it was pretty bad because uh, of what we'll see here in a second. But um, it, uh, this problem is crazy because if you look at the beginning of this, it says they start off as just small Red dots. And problems, they start off small sometimes, right? Like, you know, it starts off by just like, all right, well, my electricity bill went up a little bit. That's not that big of a deal. Well, all of a sudden, some other things start to go up. And then your car breaks. And then all of a sudden, what started off as something small, it was a hot month and your electricity bill went up, is now like, there's too much month left for the rest of my paycheck, you know, like problems have a tendency to grow and we all have problems, right? Like, and some of you, you might be facing some pretty major problems. You, you, your leprosy in your life might look a little different and you're like, man, it actually looks pretty bad. And, and on the outside, people might hear your name. They might see you and they might think that everything's going great. Like they heard Naaman's name and they're like, dude, that dude's awesome. He's won all these battles. He's a king. He's a friend of the king, but he's got this problem. Maybe you have the same thing. Like people look at you, you got the right family. You got the right title in front of your name at work. Uh, you, you have uh, the, the right marriage. You got the house with the white picket fence and the golden doodle. And you have all the stuff that you could ever want. And on the outside, you might look great and it might look like that you have it all together, that you you don't have problems, but you know, on the inside, 
or maybe things that people just don't see or you haven't made public, that you're struggling with a very real problem. We all have problems. Some of us, and I'm not talking about like first world problems. Like a lot of us, we, we deal with first world problems. Here's some first world problems. You ran out of coffee this morning and you had to drive through Starbucks. Whew, I feel for you. I'm so sorry, right? Like, or your boss is annoying. This is for the young people in here. Your boss just annoys me. Well, get over it. Go to work, all right? Make some money, right? Like it's a first world problem. Uh, some of you, like you're, you have your water heater went out. You know, it's like, I gotta go fix my water heater where there are kids in Africa that can't eat, but I've gotta go fix this warm water, right? Like, or my Alexa couldn't hear me, so I had to repeat myself. My gosh, can you imagine the horror of that? That's terrible, right? Like, or you forgot to charge your AirPods and you go get up to do some chores and now you have to do them in silence instead of having a, a true crime podcast while you're doing the dishes. You know, like these are first world problems. These are not the problems that I'm talking about today. All right, now those can be annoying, I get it, but that's not the problems. We're talking about like big problems. And some of us, if we're honest, we might have some big problems. And I just wanna tell you, if you got a problem today, you're at the right place. You can have problems and come here because we're here for you, we're in your corner. Some of you, you, you have a child that's hurting and they're far from God and you don't know what to do to try to get them back. Listen, there's no pain like kid pain. Man, when your kid hurts, it's so hard, right? For some of us, it's a financial issue. You, don't, you, you can't stay afloat because there's just not enough there. Uh, just turn the lights on, you're fine, yeah. Um, for some of us, your marriage is on the rocks. And you might look like you have it all together, and you might look like that things are going well, but y'all are bickering and arguing, and there's some pretty serious things going on behind the scenes. For some of you, uh, your family member needs a miracle. They're struggling with cancer or some sort of uh, physical disease or something like that, and, and you need, um, they need a miracle. And they need God to come through. For somebody in here, uh, it's a bad medical diagnosis. For someone in here, it's mental illness, right? Like you're struggling with anxiety and it's crippling you and it's hard for you to be around people or you're depressed and you just can't seem to turn the corner and you're just always sad and down and you're starting to have scary thoughts in your head and, you, and that, that's a big problem. Some of us have big problems, and they're not fun. I don't like big problems. I don't like it when we, our family goes through big problems, but we go through big problems too. <clears throat> and if you're in here and you have a big problem, I want to tell you that you came to the right place, not because Oasis is necessarily special in and of itself, but because there's a God here that loves you, and he loves you even with your problem. Even if you cause your own problem, he still loves you, and he still wants to intervene in your life. And guess what? If you have a problem, you're a perfect candidate for God to do the miraculous in your life. Why? Because problems are the prerequisites for your miracles, you can't have a miracle in your life if you don't first have a problem, right? Like there's no miracle that happened in the Bible that didn't start with a problem. So some of us, we have problems in our lives and we want God to do something. Well, guess what? The only way for God to do a miracle is for you to first have a problem. Why? Because problems are the prerequisites for miracles. And we don't like that sometimes. We don't think that way sometimes. Because we just get so focused on the problem 
that we forget that we can bring our problem to the God of the universe and he's the only one that can do anything about our problems. You know what I'm saying? And God, I'm telling you, God doesn't operate like us. He's outside of us. That's what the word holy means, right? We just got done singing a song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy means he's outside. He's outside of the laws of physics. He's outside of time. He's outside of everything. So for him to do a miracle is nothing. And so your problem is in good hands today. I just wanna tell you that today. So Naaman, he's in this story. He's got leprosy and he actually has a little servant girl. And this little servant girl says, hey, Naaman, I can just imagine like our six-year-old saying this. Hey, Naaman, there's a man, of, there's a prophet. He's a man of God. And it, he, he lives in, in Israel, and if you just go up there, I bet he can fix your problem. So I don't know how desperate Naaman is, but if you're listening to a little girl tell you medical advice, you're trying anything at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's at that point. And so it says this in uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 5. The little girl says, go and visit the prophet. The king of Aaron told him. I'm sorry, the king said that, but the little girl told the king that. I will send a letter of instruction to take uh, to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out, and he was carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. So Naaman has this problem. It's a big problem. And as soon as he figures out that there's something that could possibly happen in the positive, something that could solve his problem, what does he do? He goes into fix-it mode. How many men are in the house? Or actually, ladies, let me ask you. How many of your men go into fix-it mode every time you tell them about a problem? Come on, don't lie. How many of you like that? See, look, nobody's raising their hand, okay? <laughs> they just want you to listen. It doesn't make sense, but that's just the way it is, okay? So, but we go into fix-it mode, right? Like, well, babe, if you just did this, you know, it'll, it, and Naaman's in fix-it mode. He's like, I got a problem. This little girl said I could go get healed if I went to go see this prophet, so I'm going. And so he goes into fix-it mode. He saves all of this money. He, 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 he's trying to problem solve. And you know, the, the stuff that he took was the equivalent of $1.2 million to go try to bribe or pay someone to come fix him. That shows us that he's pretty desperate at this point. This is a pretty big problem at this point. <coughs> he was desperate. And don't we do the same thing? We get desperate. We start to try out of our desperation to fix our problems. But what happens is this, is that our desperation points us in the wrong direction. We, we start going, well, I don't know what I, like, okay, I'm desperate, so I'm gonna go try this, or I'm gonna go do this, or I'm gonna go uh, lean on this. I, I'm gonna, and all of a sudden, your desperation starts to point you in the wrong direction. I've shared this story before, but uh, the floods that happened back in 2010, I almost died a couple times. And one of them was because I was desperate and my desperation had me pointed in the wrong direction. And uh, so I was actually on Sandy Valley Road, all right, where, uh, where the Harrises live, right by their house actually is where I was. I didn't know them at the time or I would have just run over there, I guess. Uh, but I didn't know them. So, I, but I was there and this valley is starting to fill up with water so fast. And there's a creek that runs right at the beginning of that road. And that creek had turned into like white water rapids. And then it just started to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It looked like the Cumberland River was, it was crazy. And so I'm stuck on the road. I'm freaking out thinking, I gotta get out of here because this valley is about to fill up with water. And I don't know if you can tell, I don't climb things. So I'm like, I don't wanna end up on someone's roof, you know? and getting rescued by a helicopter because I had no, my phone was dead because it had been wet and it was terrible. So I get to this point where I can see safety in the distance. 
I'm looking out and I can see the road that's dry, that's not filling up with water. The problem is there's a river between me and that road. And out of my desperation, what do I try to start to do? Walk across the river. This is stupid. Don't ever do this. <clears throat> but I get there and I get probably 40 yards in and I start to slip and I start to slide and it starts to take me away. And I think I need to turn around and not do this anymore. So I turned around and the distance that I had traveled had already doubled. That's how fast it was flooding. So I like am sprinting, just trying to make it back to where I came from. And, it was, and I ended up obviously being fine and I'll tell you the rest of the story later. But in my desperation had me trying things that wasn't the best thing for me. In fact, it was hurting me. It could have really hurt me. But my desperation had me pointed in the wrong direction, doing something that I shouldn't have been doing. Where is your desperation with your problem pointing you right now? Is it pointed in the right direction or is it pointed in the wrong direction? So the king, he sends a letter and he sends it to the king of Israel and the king of Israel gets this letter and he's actually kind of offended because he's like, I can't do anything about this guy's leprosy. Like, what are you, are you trying to insult me? Like, what's going on? And then Elisha, the prophet, he hears about this letter and he hears about what's going on <coughs> and he intercepts it and says, hey, uh, actually, send Naaman to me and I'll take care of it, all right? So here's what it says, starting in verse nine. It says, so Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. So there he is. He took all of that gold, all of the prizes that he was, the clothes, everything, and he took it to Elisha's house, and he was waiting outside of Elisha's house because now he has this, he knows where to go. He knows where the prophet is, right? And it says, but Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Here's what the messenger said. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored, and you'll be healed of your leprosy. Have you ever had an anticlimactic moment? This is it for him. He's traveled miles. He's brought a thousand pounds of gold and stuff, and, and all these people are with him, his, his posse, his crew. He's traveling with chariots, and he pulls up to this guy's house, and the guy doesn't even come out and talk to him. He just sends a messenger. And then he says, hey, Old Hickory Lake, go there, and I want you to, if you don't dip yourself in Old Hickory Lake, you just don't do that. It's dirty, right? And so he's having this same kind of feeling. He's worked himself up. Like this was supposed to be the answer, right? And it says this in verse 11. He said, but Naaman became angry and he stalked away. And I want you to pay attention to what Naaman says because we say it all the time. He said, I thought... He would certainly come out to meet me, like at least show me the decency. I'm, I'm a pretty important dude. Like at least come out and talk to me, right? I, I thought he would at least come out to meet me, he said. And I expected him, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord and his God heal me. He was like, listen, this is, like, this is nothing like I thought it would be, right? And then he goes on and says, Aren't the rivers from where I'm from better than the rivers in Israel? Like, come on, there's a better lake where I'm from than Old Hickory Lake. Old Hickory Lake is gross. Where I'm, like, these are dirty. There's cert certainly nothing in there that can help me. Uh, and he says, why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away, and he went away in a rage. All this work, all this big withdrawal from his bank account, 
he gets there and it didn't go the way that he thought it should go. He, so he gets mad and he's like, this is dumb. I, like, I guess I'm gonna die now because there's no hope for me to be healed because this guy doesn't even have the decency to come out and do something about it, right? Like, and, and it wasn't the, the, the process of the miracle wasn't what Naaman was looking for. And I just wanna tell somebody today, listen to this, miracles rarely happen the way that we expect them to happen. Miracles rarely happen the way that we expect them to happen. If they happen the way we expected them to happen, that makes them a little less miraculous, I feel like. Because there's no room for God to, to show off. There's no room for God to kind of blow our minds a little bit with what he's doing. And, and, and sometimes, or most of the time, miracles don't happen the way that we expect. And listen, and, and the reason is this. God is not only interested in changing your circumstances. He's, he's interested, but that's not the only thing he's interested in. Jesus also, he wants to change your circumstances, but he also wants to change you. And if he just did the things our way all the time, that wouldn't change us. That wouldn't do anything to change us and to prove that he's God and we're not. And so Naaman comes with these expectations, but God is not into our expectations. He's into doing the unexpected in our lives. But we bring him all the time, like, God, if you could just solve our problem this way. You come to him with a problem a lot of times, but you also have a solution in your mind, right? You're like, all right, God, I'm gonna need you to do this. And here's how it should be done. And then God, I, I bet, just is laughing. Like, what? I want to do something way cooler than that. Are you kidding me? Like, we, we box God in with our expectations, and we box God in with what we think he should do. Naaman's like, I thought he was going to do a magic trick and wave his hands, and I would be healed. And God's like, no, 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 no. That's not how I work. I think some of us might have solutions to our problems from God, but we're not seeing them because they're coming in packages that we didn't expect. Sometimes God does a miracle and it's instantaneous. And those are awesome. But sometimes God wants to use a process to do a miracle in our lives. And that's also great. Maybe sometimes God wants to do several little miracles to get you to the big miracle. We don't have control over that. But don't reject the solution that God is bringing just because it's coming from an unexpected place. And so this almost makes Naaman quit. He's so mad. He's offended. He's like, I can't believe the nerve of this guy. Does he not know I could kill him right now? Like, I'm a bad dude, you know? And he's so mad. Thank God Naaman had people in his life that loved him. It says this, verse 13. But the officers tried to reason with him. And said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? Like, if he would have told you to do something, like, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured. And then it says, so Naaman went to the Jordan River. He had, Naaman had people in his life that loved him enough to speak things over him. Naaman had people in his life that could see things that Naaman couldn't see. They covered his blind spots. Naaman couldn't see the simplicity of what Elisha was asking him to do. He just was so mad that he was just blinded to it. But thank God he had people that said, hey, no, 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 no. God wants to do something in you. Why don't you just try it, right? Like, what's, what's it gonna hurt? 
Like he, he had to have people in his life that were gonna push him to do the things that God wanted in Naaman's life. That is exactly why we have small groups at our church, by the way. It is because there are people that need to be in your life that see your blind spots. You're not perfect, you're not gonna see it all, but there's a group of people that wanna go, hey, I'm here for you, and let me tell you what I'm seeing, and I just wanna, I wanna share with you what I feel like God is doing in this situation. And it gives you an opportunity to be protected and for people to catch the blind spots that you have in your life. And so if you're not in a group, come on. That wasn't good. All right, if you're not in a group, come on. Yeah, get in a group. Well, signups are next week, baby. Come on. We can get in the group. We can all do it. And that changed Naaman's life. That convinced Naaman to go get healed, right? And so it says this. It keeps going. Naaman went down the Jordan River, and he dipped himself seven times. Y'all say seven. Seven times. And the man of God, as the man of God had instructed him, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. You know what that means in the original language? Smooth as a baby's bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like his skin was just baby smooth. Y'all know, like a little baby smooth, just so smooth. I love baby skin's just the best. Uh, and it smells good. You know, like I'm sure, I'm sure he smelled good when he got out of there. Just like, man, fresh skin. It was beautiful, right? Like I, he was healed. I love the story. I love this story, and I, I wanna ask you, do you need a miracle today? Come on, do you need breakthrough in your life today? Do you have a problem in your life where you need God to intervene? If you do, I wanna show you, here's what you can do to get the, the, the breakthrough that you're praying for, and I can't promise that God's gonna change your circumstance immediately, but I promise if you can do these things, you're gonna be put in a position where God can do something miraculous. The first thing is this, we're gonna go to God first. We're not going to fix it mode. We're gonna go to God first. We're gonna go to God first, right? Like, don't, don't try to take it in your own hands. Don't, don't, no, no, no. We're gonna get, go to God first. I'm not going to friends. I'm, I'm going to God. So how do you go to God first? Well, the first thing is you gotta go to God's word. This thing right here will teach you how you should live your life. This right here will solve a lot of our problems. You might have marriage problems and your marriage might need a miracle. The solution is found right here. Now there are some things that you need to like work through in your marriage and fight for in your marriage. But I'm telling you, if you don't go to God's word first, you're gonna be lost. Because this teaches us to be humble. It teaches us what love is. It teaches us about sacrifice, like the, that, how I need to act as a husband and how ladies need to act as a wife. It teaches you how to do, go to God's word. And the biggest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, it's all about God's word. Here's what one of it says. It says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. It doesn't say that your word is like a, a spotlight that shows you exactly where to go. No, no, it shows you enough to take your next step. And so this word is gonna guide you and you're gonna be in this every day. You should be in God's word every day, not so that you can be some super Christian. No, because you need God's word in you. you, you listen, don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. This is a living thing. And it wants to change your life, but you gotta go to the word. The second thing, if you wanna go to God first, is you gotta go to God in prayer. We're gonna go to God in prayer. It says this in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. 
Don't worry about that problem. Don't stay up thinking about this problem. Don't get stressed over this problem. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace and that peace exceeds all understanding. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I wanna tell you something. If it's big enough to worry about today, it's big enough to pray about. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. And God doesn't promise us in this scripture that when you pray about it, he's gonna like be a magic genie and snap his fingers and it's all gonna be okay. No, no, no. It tells us that you're gonna have peace. So in the midst of your problem, you can have peace today. You can lay it before the Lord. You know, a few times a week, I go through this prayer outline and um, I, I give God everything that's going on in my heart and just say, God, this situation's yours. I'm choosing to not worry about it and I'm choosing to give it to you. And I'm telling you, there's a peace that happens inside of you when you do that, that can't come from anywhere else. And, and here's the deal. Prayer's not like a baby monitor either. It's not one-way communication, which new baby monitors are awesome. It's not like an old-school baby monitor. Prayer is a two-way conversation. So you need to go to God, tell God, but then you need to listen and receive from God. And oftentimes that's found in the Word. Sometimes that's just a, a, a Holy Spirit little hunch in your soul and your spirit that, that God wants you to do, but you need to have time to just pause, all right? So we're gonna, how do we go to God first? We're going to get in his word. We're going to go to God in prayer. Here's the last thing. We're going to go to God's house. Come on now. We need to get in God's house. Hebrews 10, let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but let's encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The world's not getting better, Okay. It's gonna, it gets worse and worse and worse until Jesus comes back. That's what the Bible says. We need each other. In this place, in this room, I promise you, you come here and you keep coming back here, you're gonna be encouraged. You gotta get in God. Make church a priority in your life. Get here. I, like, do whatever it takes. Move the trip. Get here. Because I tell you, you, there's something supernatural that happens when we all get together and we sing and we learn God's word together and we hang out in the lobby and we eat hot dogs. and we work. Like there's something more happening than just having fun. There's something spiritual here. So getting into church, get your kids in church. We'll drive them all over creation for a, a soccer tournament or whatever. Get in, and guess what? They could get hurt and they're not going pro, Okay. But this, this matters. Get, get them to church. Let them be encouraged. It says, hey, when you get together, encourage one another. Man, I, I look forward to church. I'm encouraged when I'm here. I hope you are too. And I hope that you feel encouraged today. So the first thing we have to do is we have to go to God first. You got a problem? You need God. Go to God first, okay? Second thing is this. Listen to the godly people around you. Listen to the godly people around you. Well, I don't have any godly people around you. Perfect. We have small group signups happening next week. Get some godly people around you. And when you get there, don't clam up. Share. Well, Clint, you don't know what I've done. I don't care. 
Like, because when you share what you've done, you know what you're going to hear? Me too. Someone's been there. And they've been past where you are. And they can help encourage you. They can help push you. They can help, man, carry the load for you. And they can have faith for you when you don't have faith for yourself. But you got to get around some godly people. And then you need to listen to them. God's put them in your life. You know who, who that godly person is in my life? Stephanie. She's like the Holy Spirit. I swear, I don't know how it happens, but she'll talk and I'll be like, oh, that's dumb. <laughs> then I'll hear a thousand other ways and I'm like, man, she was right. You know, like, and it's the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm trying to get better. I am. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta listen to the godly people around you. Here's my challenge for you. Y'all ready? I want every eye right here. Come on. Just, we're almost done. Y'all can smell the food. The glizzies are cooking. I know. Listen. That's a cool, that's a cool word for hot dog, right? I don't know. If that was inappropriate, I'm so sorry. All right, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was, but if it was and I don't know, I'm so sorry. Um, what was I talking about? Yes, here's my challenge. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Coming from Matt, the sort of small group guy. <laughs> uh, here, here's my challenge, all right? And this is a big challenge. If you're in this room, I want 100% of us to sign up for a group. 100%. Whoa. Yeah, 100%. And here's what I'm asking. 100% of people sign up for a group and then just go to the first week. If you hate it, find a new group or don't go back. But I know you're going to like it. Okay? Sign up for a group and go. That's all I'm asking. Sign up for a group and just go to the first week. I promise you, you're not going to regret it. We're going to try our best not to be weird and like you're gonna, it's gonna be valuable to you. But sign up and just go to the first week. And then after that, if you're like, man, I, I'm just too busy. Okay, come when you can. Like if you can't come every week or you can't come every time, that's okay. If you can only come twice, come twice. I, I want God to change your life, but that can only happen to the availability that you have in your life. Because God did not design you to do life alone. He designed you to do life together with other people. And these godly people want to help you with your problems for free. <laughs> Come on now, like that's awesome. We're not going to charge anything. <laughs> Maybe. I'm joking. We're not going to charge anything. <clears throat> but listen to the godly people around you. So we're going to go to God first. We're going to listen to the godly people around us. The last thing is this. Don't quit dipping unless you're actually dipping then quit. That's not good for you. All right, but don't quit dipping. Here's what I mean. He says this. So Naaman, he went down to the Jordan River and he dipped himself. How many times? Seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And then his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed. What would have happened? Listen to me, everyone right here. What would have happened if he would have dipped one time? Nothing. Oh, but what if he would have dipped six times? Nothing. Some of you have been facing a problem and you have been doing the right things. You've been here, you've been in your word, you've been praying, you've been in a small group, you've been doing all the stuff and it still hadn't changed. Well, can I just submit to you, maybe you're not on dip seven yet. Maybe you've only dipped three times. Maybe you've only dipped six times and that next dip is the one where God's gonna bring his breakthrough. That's where the miracle's gonna happen. That's where the problem's gonna be solved. But listen, some of us, we give up so easy because things get hard and you've been taught that when you follow God, your life's gonna be easy. I'm sorry if you were taught that, that's not true. But this, it can be hard. 
But God said that, in, that he's going to develop something in us called endurance. And that endurance is going to help us keep dipping. I'm sure when Naaman was dipping, he dipped the first time and he was like, this is dumb. I'm still itching. My, my finger's still falling off. You know, like, I, like he dips a second time, same. Third time, same. Fourth time, he's like, he looks like an idiot in front of his whole army. And I bet people in his army are like, this is weird. Y'all get ready to go back. Naaman's gonna be real mad after this, right? Like, and fifth time, sixth time. Can you imagine being there that seventh time he comes up and he's completely healed? Listen, some of you, I, I just, when I was preparing the Holy Spirit put this in my heart. You gotta keep dipping. It's easy to get discouraged. And guess what? We'll help. I'll help dunk you. I'll dip you. You know, like I, I'll help you. I got faith for you. I'm reminded of, of uh, little Jeremiah, who's probably, is he back there? Uh, the, the Chetneys, y'all, a lot of you know their story with having trouble getting pregnant, then going through the adoption process. They get matched, that falls through. They lost all the resources they dumped into that. God gave that back to them. And they kept dipping. God, we're going to keep praying. We're going to be faithful. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep trying. And what has God got a sense of humor? Then Sarah gets pregnant with that sweet little baby she's holding right there. Pregnant, like biological baby. And then how long into your pregnancy was it? Six months into your pregnancy, they get matched with baby Jeremiah. Jeremiah's born. They have a newborn baby. She's about to pop, have her own baby. Keep dipping. And look what God did. And now tomorrow we get to go to the courthouse and celebrate the official adoption. Of, come on, of Jeremiah. Come on, give God a hand. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> and I love it because there were times they didn't want to keep dipping. It was hard, discouraging, losing a bunch of money, with the adoption, it's, it's tough. But no, 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 we're gonna keep dipping because God told us to. Listen, you never know when God's gonna come through. But you can position yourself by, by getting in God's word, by going to him first, by praying, getting into church, by, by getting in, I'm telling you, there's things you can do that's gonna help you keep dipping and just don't stop. Don't get tired. Just because you haven't seen the problem solved the way that you wanted to doesn't mean it's not coming. You just gotta keep dipping. God, our marriage is falling apart and it was going so good. Then we had a fight. Hey, keep dipping. Keep going on those dates. Keep going to counseling. Well, Clint, I've just, I've got all this debt and we've been paying it off and then all of a sudden like six things broke at the house. Hey, okay, let's keep dipping. Because God might not be sending a million dollar check in the mail to you. If he does, tithe on it, all right? But if he doesn't, that's okay. We're gonna keep dipping. We're gonna keep being faithful. We're gonna keep doing the stuff. We're gonna keep paying off this debt. We're gonna keep, come on, we're gonna keep dipping. COVID hits the church. We shrink from 120 people to 20 people. Miserable, setting up every week at the, another location and not a soul would come. I wanted to stop dipping. I'll tell you right now, we had a moment in October. It'll be a few years in a couple weeks. And we were like, we're done. And God just told us, nope, keep dipping. Keep dipping. Don't stop. 
And now, this is the joy of my life. Is it where it's going to be? No. God's still going to do miraculous things. But my gosh, I look out here and I'm like, thank God that he was faithful. Because I sure didn't want to be. But just, hey, I don't know what your problem is. Keep dipping. Don't give up. Don't stop. Breakthrough could be on the, the just right around the corner. But you got to keep going. Come on, I want you to bow your heads and just close your eyes in here. Some of you have big problems. But I, I tell you, we have a bigger God. Come on, if you have a problem in here that really needs God's intervention, I want you just to raise your hand in this place. Come on, raise your hand. Don't be shy. Everyone look up. Look at these hands. We're not alone. Let's dip together. Come on, let's, let's do this thing together. God, I pray for the people that have their hands raised. They have a problem. I don't know what it is. They have a big decision they need to make. And it's been weighing them down. And this decision seems scary and it feels like it could derail life a little bit. But God, given the wisdom and the discernment to make the right decision. God, I pray for those that need a, a medical miracle. Something in their body, God. You are the healer. Come on, you are the healer, and you tell us that you forgive all of our sins. You heal all of our diseases. God, I just pray you would help us keep dipping, not to give up. God, would you just do the miraculous? Some of us are hurting in here. God, we just had a loss in the family or something going on, and it's just life is hard, and we just need to, to turn the corner just to find some joy again. God, would you help us just to keep dipping? Would you meet us where we are right now, God, and just understand that we can put on the garment of praise at any moment for the, for the, for the uh, despair that we have in our life and for the depression that we might be experiencing? We, you, you help us to be faithful in that, God. For some of us, it's a marriage problem, God. God, would you help us love our spouse like you loved us? Being willing to sacrifice and to serve and to love and to love the way our spouse needs to be loved. And so God, would you just help us keep dipping even when it's hard, even when we find ourselves arguing, God, just keep dipping. God, I pray that you help us, uh, the ones of us that have kids that have walked away from you and we're just desperate for them to, to, to come back to you, God, to come back to, a, to, to church and, and to get their life right or to come into relationship with you. God, would you help us keep dipping as a parent? God, keep loving them where they are. Keep encouraging them, God. Help us give wisdom to how we need to respond, God. I pray you would get a hold of these kids' lives and that you would begin to turn them towards you. God, help us. We have a problem and we need this person that can solve any problem and that's you. So I don't know what it is, God, that, that everyone's facing today, but God, would you just meet them where they are right now? Please, God. We're coming to you. God, please meet us where we are. You know, some of us in this room, your problem is spiritual and your problem might be that you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And I want to tell you, God solved that problem 2,000 years ago. He sent his son to live a perfect life so that you don't have to. And Jesus, he died on the cross. He paid for your sins and he died and they buried him and three days later he came back to life. And some of you need to make that decision. You've been waiting and you've been trying to think, well, when's the, well the time is right now. I just want to tell you, it's, it's today. And God wants to intervene in your life. 
And we just have to be able to be willing to give our lives to him and receive the gift of salvation that he's given us. So if that's you in this place and you want to make the decision today, hey, I want to follow Jesus today. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. Here we go. One, two, three. If you want to follow Jesus, just raise your hand. All right, and then you can say this. Say, God, I need you. I recognize you as the Lord of my life. And I thank you for what you did for me. And God, in the best way I know how, I want to live for you. God, help me to have endurance to keep dipping. God, would you just meet me where I'm at right now? I give my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand in here for the people that made that decision today.